Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch. Sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me for another week of Women to Watch. It's great to be back with all of you. And joining me in just a moment is going to be poet, writer, and author of the She Book series, Tanya Markle. I have been waiting for over a year to have this um, wonderful woman on the show, and I'm really excited. Tanya discovered very early in life that her own emotional pain was a resource for her art and creativity, and she has been writing ever since, and we have a lot to talk about. As always, be sure to stay with us during the breaks, where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors, and as we continue to expand into new markets, we are always looking for more women to be a part of the show, so if you'd like to learn more, feel free to email Laura at womentowatch.net. That's Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And if you miss the live show, you can always catch the podcast and sign up for our newsletter at womentowatch.net as well. So now I'm thrilled uh, to welcome again Tanya Markle, the author of the She Book series, an incredible writer and poet, and I'll say wisdom seeker. 
Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here and I'm just listening to your intro. Got this just wonderful surge of energy. So thanks for that. Oh, good, good. <laughs> um, you know, it's always been my attention, intention with this show to uh, connect the dots between the little girl and the leader that she is today. And you've been very, very open about your own life story through your writings, but some of our listeners may not be familiar. So I wanted to start with um, your mom and let our listeners know that she had you at age 15. Um, I want to know how old were you or what is that moment you remember when you were little that you remember feeling the rejection that came from your mom not being able to, to keep you and raise you? Oh my God, what a question to start with. That is That is where I feel... Like my mother situation, my mother wound, like that is my thing. That is, I feel like the number one source of like my self-limiting beliefs, my, you know, self-doubt, low confidence, everything. So I'm just like, whoo, yeah, let's start there. That's, that's so good. Um, you know, my mom and both my dad, both my biological mom and dad, they left by the time I was somewhere between like two and three years old. And I can honestly say that that was the point when I, I was aware of, you know, it was confusing for me that, that they were gone, but it was more like my mother that I couldn't grasp. I didn't understand that she wasn't coming back or like why she was leaving and nothing was ever really explained. And there was a lot of family, like a lot of family stuff going on around me that was, you know, addiction, alcoholism. Um, my uncle had committed uh, suicide. There was a, you know, a, a kind of struggle between uh, my two sets of grandparents about, you know, who was going to take care of me. And it was, everything was very, there was a lot of tension. There was a lot of sadness. There was a lot of anger. And I knew, I would say around there before five, I knew that I had this hole in my heart. That was my mother. You know, I really, really struggled. And I, I mean, I still struggle at times to this day, trying to, you know, understand her decisions and, um, trying to heal those abandoned and rejected, you know, parts of me. Um, but I would say before I was five, I was aware that I had this hole in my chest that just ached for the presence of my mother tremendously mm -hmm. tremendously like even now as you as i as i speak i can hear the sounds of her car pulling out of the driveway you know pulling mm -hmm. out of the rubble driveway and me like collapsing on the bed and sobbing until i had you know like a migraine a complete migraine wow. it was like wow. it would just shut me down every time it was really excruciating 
it's it's incredible isn't it that you that that memory can be can still feel physical right yes. you can feel it inside um and you you went to, was that when you were with your grandparents Did, was yes. that what they dropped you? okay so they dropped you off was that your mom's parents or your dad's parents i was raised by my dad's parents okay yeah so my mother would drop me off there and she would leave okay so one of the other things I think is that you speak about um, is you were able to kind of feel the shame that your mother had, right? Have you been able to let that go? You know, shame is different, I think, from sadness or, or abandonment. Um, I feel like I have learned to accept it. I feel like it's such a, it's not a linear, you know, experience. It's not a linear feeling. It's not just one thing. There's so much that comes into my mother feel, my mother's experience of shame. You know, she was the oldest of her siblings and her getting pregnant was such a letdown. It was such a a letdown to her parents and my grandfather was like, either you do it our way or we're going to completely cut you off. And so mm. she didn't do it their way. And they did. They completely, you know, cut her off and also cut me off in many ways. Wow. Wow. So it wasn't just, yeah, that's, that's hard. Um, that's, you know, that judgment is, is something that just compounds the issues that are taking place. Um, listen, we're going to go into our first break. And when we come back, I want to talk about your beginning to write at age five. That's so incredibly young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk about who, who taught you to read and write at age five. Cool. So stay with us. Uh, we'll be back with Tanya Markle, the author of the She Book series. Stay with us for our watch team. We'll be right back. Now the women to watch. Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. Food allergies peanuts, shellfish, numbers of cases, and the range of food items are on the rise around the world, especially in westernized countries. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, I spoke with Dr. Alana Jones, an allergist from Nemours A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children. One theory for the increase is the hygiene hypothesis, suggesting we pay more attention to personal cleanliness, use more antibiotics, and with declining family size, there's less opportunity to share germs from older siblings. That led to my next question. Well, with more children in daycare, doesn't that increase exposure to lots of other kids and germs? Well, more recent thinking is that older siblings may share gut bacteria in the family, especially with the mom, which can strengthen a child's immune system. With more awareness of food allergies in the 1990s, parents were cautious about introducing foods that are likely to cause allergies until age three. That advice has changed too. Now we're told to introduce allergenic foods as early as possible. The most common foods on the list, milk, eggs, wheat, soy, peanuts, tree nuts, shellfish, fish, and now sesame. Know that peanuts are legumes. They grow beneath the ground. So an allergy to peanuts is separate from an allergy to tree nuts, meaning most other nuts. Tips from Dr. Jones, read labels, keep a food diary, take pictures of a rash, prepare food at home. Avoid cross-contamination. Don't use the same knife to cut a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that you do for a turkey sandwich for your child with peanut allergy. And if you do have an allergy, 
don't kiss or share a fork or spoon with someone who's been eating peanuts, shellfish, or one of those other foods. If your doctor tells you to carry an EpiPen, don't split the pack with one for mom and one to school nurse. Always carry a double EpiPen in case the first one's defective or if your child needs a second shot on the way to the hospital. Divas, tune in to yourradiodoctor.net to hear the entire show for more information. It could save your child's life. Now, the women to watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. Did you know that on Monday, June 14th, the U.S. Army will celebrate its 246th birthday? The U.S. Army is older than the United States, tracing its lineage back to the founding of the Continental Army by the Continental Congress during the American Revolutionary War and I'm personally privileged to be a member of this special community that calls ourselves soldiers. I joined the Army after graduating from high school to pay for college. Back then, I had no idea that decision was going to influence my entire adult life. The Army offered me an education, a chance to challenge myself, an opportunity to lead others, and most importantly of all, a sense of immense satisfaction knowing I was part of something much bigger than myself. When I get a chance to speak to other retirees, they often say they joined the Army for personal reasons, but stayed because of service towards others. Did you know that June 14th is also Flag Day, our country's recognition of adopting the national flag of the United States? And speaking of service to others, I'd like to talk to you about an initiative that's spreading across Comcast. Started by our Comcast employee, Navy veteran Dave Pinder, and with support from our Veterans Network employee resource groups, technicians will approach homes flying tattered flags and volunteer to replace it at no cost and retire the old flag according to the U.S. flag code. Over 400 flags have been replaced and it's an extraordinary way our military teammates are continuing their commitment to serving their communities through their careers at Comcast. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. We're having a wonderful conversation today with Tanya Markle. Again, Tanya is a, is a poet and a writer and the author of the She Book series, which I highly, highly recommend um, Really, for for all women, you know, men maybe should read it too. I don't know if you know you promote it that way, but to me, it's like medicine. It it really is, and I love just kind of randomly opening it daily to see what um, poem is there for me. Um, so you began to write Tanya at age five. That's so little and young. And first of all, who so who taught you to read and write? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say it was I was closer to six. Okay. Um, and I used to like draw squiggly lines on top of lines and I would call it a poem. And the source of my inspiration was uh, my aunt who lived with us at the time. And she used to read me, you know, all these little, you know, Dr. Seuss books. And for some reason she had a lot of like Hallmark cards, like, you know, little cards that, that she had and like, I enjoyed the rhythm and the rhyming and just the emotion of it. And because of her, I started 
you know, writing her these little notes. Like at first it was, you know, my squiggly lines and then I would eventually learn to, you know, put words together and I used to put them in her shoes um, up the staircase to her bedroom. And it was just such a beautiful connection between her and I, despite like everything else that was going on in our household. But it was just so touching and she was also so moved by my gesture to you know be inspired by what she shared with me and it was a beautiful connection and that's really what helped light you know this flame that I have and I just I wanted to do it more I wanted to share more and create more and explore more of my own like vocabulary and imagination so tell you know one of my questions was who who did you feel believed in you when you were young? I think having that one person that you know believes in you and encourages you. So I'm assuming that was your aunt. Did you? Oh, my God. Well, that's that is a really hard question because I have asked myself this question many times because it is a I think it's a natural interview question that a lot of people ask. And I I so I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, my aunt actually left. She got married and, and, you know, went off and, and created a family. But I would say it had to be my grandmother. It was, it was my grandmother that I lived with. But she was like a unique woman. She was, you know, both my grandparents were hard workers. My grandfather worked, you know, the car factory. factory. My grandma was a nurse's aide who worked nights. Um, and I can't say that either of them like encouraged me to write or encouraged me to become a poet, but they just, we just had a good time together. You know, we had a laugh and my grandmother and I used to take road trips and we would travel down to, you know, Tip City in Ohio for the Strawberry Festival. And we just had this amazing bond. Like I could make her laugh until she like almost Peter Pan's, you know, it was just a beautiful, <laughs> a beautiful connection. And she was such a wild woman, but she also had like a lot, a lot of pain, a lot of emotional pain. You know, when you mentioned at the top of the show, how much, um, I don't know if to use the word dysfunction, but you know, uh, addiction and poverty, um, and, and depression in one family is a lot. And I wonder yeah. what, what is it about you? Do you think that allowed you to escape that? You know, often people repeat that cycle when yeah. they grow up with that. Yes. And I mean, I, I have those cycles, but not to that degree. You know, I, I have gone through depression, um, anxiety. You know, I went through a phase in my early twenties when I was also like stoned out of my mind for four years. But I feel like even from a young child who, you know, I was aware of the things going on around me. Like there was just so much, um, so much alcoholism, so much anger, so much inability to communicate without rage, you know? Um, but I always felt different. I always felt like it was that I didn't fit in, you know, as kind of, I was rejected and abandoned by my mother and father. And 
that's weird as a child, you know, you are, I, that you feel disconnected from the people around you. See, so you know, my cousins with their parents and like, it, it was just naturally that I didn't fit in, but there was something deeper inside of me that knew that I could grow out of this and that I wanted more for myself. And I do feel that there was a lot of angelic guidance in my life. You know, I got into college, I was the first of my family, and I don't even know how this happened. You know, I had like $100,000 in like student loans, and um, but I, I made it through, and I, and I can't say that it was like a clear, conscious knowing, but I knew deep inside of me that I was destined for something else, and that, that I, I was going to leave that place. Yeah. I think that's so that's so common and people either choose to act on that or or they keep pushing it aside, right? Not thinking that it's real, that knowing. Definitely. Absolutely. And I feel that even though my grandparents passed away before I was 13, which was really 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 hard on me, I feel like it was also a blessing. You know, because I feel like if they were still if they were still there, it would have been easier for me to spiral into the, you know, horrible, the, the wounded patterns of my family. Did you have siblings? I have a brother. I have two brothers, actually. I have a, a I guess you say a biological brother and then a half brother. Okay. Yeah. And were they someone that you could um, talk to? No. Unfortunately, okay. my they are both younger than me. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're going to go into our another break. And when we come back, I want to read one of the poems that I think when people we read your book, certain... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Poems strike them. And this particular one, number 49, um, I want to read to our listeners. Stay tuned for our watch team, and I'll be back with Tanya Markle. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. 
Hi, I'm Mary Manzo of Pathways Consulting Group. Stop your fears of automation in the workplace. It's not replacing jobs and here's why. Technology is changing the speed in which companies produce work. Have you noticed your workload has increased and not decreased? The reason, for companies to keep up with competitors, they have to constantly get innovative and market new things. Those things can potentially add more to your plate. Organizing all the things you have to do is hard and keeping all your tasks in one place could only help. And by automating the repeatable things you work on every day could give you the time you need to complete all the other things you have to do. So where did your job go? right where you found it. Only difference is that through automation, you're able to be more efficient and your manager thinks you're a superstar. Reporting on your team's activities and tasks gets easier too. With automation reporting tools, you can spend more time analyzing what the reports are telling you and focus on recommendations for organizational improvements. The introduction of these new automated technologies can be scary because it's change, but if you embrace the change and see the benefits, you'll find that life at work can get easier and more efficient. At Pathways, we implement ServiceNow, which is a cloud-based platform that automates HR, IT, customer service, and so many other types of tasks, even tasks that go across departments. Through our adoption training, Pathways helps employees embrace the change automation brings by helping them learn the new ways to get their work done. If you're not at your desk and on the go, most automation platforms can go anywhere you go with mobile access. So if your role is to manage customer service, but meetings keep you away from your desk, no problem. Alerts can be sent to your phone, and you can manage things just like you would if you were at your desk, never missing a beat. Automation can provide a multitude of benefits to any organization and to you. Leverage and embrace the change that automation brings to the workplace. Your day will become substantially improved and efficient. For more information, contact me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. Now, the Women to Watch, Nonprofit Watch. Good evening, Women to Watch listeners. I am Cheryl Mackey, Lead of Financial Empowerment at United Way of Greater Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey. Research continually suggests that higher education offers a wide range of benefits for individuals such as higher earnings, lower likelihood of unemployment, improvements in health, and greater civic engagement. When an individual graduates from college, their lifetime earnings double and the way is paved for future generations of their families to pursue the path to and through college. As the first person in my family to receive both a post-secondary and advanced degree, I can attest to the doors that opened for my family. Currently, I have three family members in education, a retired firefighter, a nurse, an attorney, three nephews, and a son who are enrolled in post-secondary education. Even my mother returned to school later in life. While the cost of college increases yearly, in 2020 and 2021 uh, academic year, most colleges and universities have refrained from increasing tuition costs to meet the economic needs of families during the pandemic. However, college expenses are still more than most low to moderate income families can afford. The College Savings Account Program through our community partner, Utility Emergency Services Fund, or otherwise known as USEF, help low to moderate income high school seniors, college freshmen, and sophomores in the greater Philadelphia and southern New Jersey region with incentive saving matches that can build their assets and attain greater self-sufficiency. 
Students with dedicated college savings of $500 or less are three times more likely to attend college and four times more likely to graduate from college than those without savings. The Lubert CS program will afford recent high school graduates as well as those who have enrolled in college an opportunity to reach their goal of attaining a four-year degree. For more information, please contact Sarita Stanley at Sarita Stanley at U-E-S-S-A-C-T-S dot org or Sarita Stanley at USEFX.org or go to their website, www.USEFX.org. That's www.U-E-S-S-A-C-T-S.org. I am Cheryl Mackey. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Tanya Markle uh, today, and she's joining us from Denmark, by the way, Copenhagen, which is really cool. Um, I want to read. So, again, the She Book is a series of of poems. And to me, there's something really magical about the words that you write. And they're just so um, impactful. And as I was reading the book, and, and I said, I think it's like medicine, and every day I like to open it up and read one. For some reason, number 49 <laughs> hit and touched my heart. Um, so I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. It says, the wall between me feeling stuck and my dream life is thinner than I think. And it doesn't take a giant leap to get there, but a gentle adjustment of perspective, a small step in the other direction, and a soft lean into that big warm yes. I think it's that last phrase about the soft lean that, you know, really happened for me in my life. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'd love for you to describe what that poem means to you um, and how it really can happen for everyone. Yes, I, I guess, you know, this really this piece and I mean a lot of pieces that I write really come from a place a a really long time in my life where I felt like certain things weren't possible for me you know that it wasn't really possible for me to experience love and like receiving love that it wasn't possible for me to outgrow the mentality of coming from a low-income family and always having this uh, mindset of lack or not enough or worry of the future. And I never thought that I was worthy of, you know, creating and expressing something that would be actually interesting to anyone else. And after doing, you know, a lot of work on myself and spending a lot of time in therapy and like learning what it really meant to take care of myself and be kind to myself, I realized that the distance between me and my soul is, isn't a giant leap. It's here within me. And that is such an empowering thought. And it's such a 
unveiling of kind of the the self like release it felt like a release of the self-limiting beliefs that I had been living behind for such a long time because I thought that's what I deserved you know I think it's hard to describe that that leaning in so you know when you talk about how close it's is it perception is it choosing is it believing you know um i find it difficult to describe that shift to another person yeah right i think it's so unique and original to each person who's able to do it yes do you find that absolutely and i mean if we just take you know self-care as an example like it was really hard for me to well, it wasn't hard. It was just that I, I, it's kind of like, I always say emotional pain. You don't know how it affects you until you do. And then you get to choose how to empower that wound. And I, I feel like I was living with something that I knew was different than, you know, the pain that I had experienced. But I was still stuck for such a long time in this habitual be- habitual behavior that mostly consisted of self-destruction and like self-sabotage. And it was like even the small things were very hard for me. Like, oh, I ha- you know, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm not going to the gym to take care of my mind and body. I'm going there for an external reason to you know fit into the status quo or to make someone else feel more comfortable with me and it really was that mindset of like oh actually I can start feeling what my body is saying you know and then the connection between you know the mind the body heart my soul started to soften and release a lot of the contraction from yeah living living in uh self-limiting beliefs if that makes sense (laughs) yeah I, i i do i understand it i think um you know the conversation you and i are having some people find it hard to relate to and they think it's all the best description I have is woo-woo it's just kind of woo-woo talk the soul the all of that what Mm. they don't understand is that when you do that allow yourself to get there then success in life follows right everything else follows so sometimes um, for writers there's a worry about well how will I make a living so how how did you do? I mean, you have thousands and thousands and thousands of people reading your your work, and and it's touching them. How do you think you made the shift to being able to to do that work you love for a living? Yes, I mean that. I mean, a lot of things happened for me to arrive in this place. You know, for the first ten years of you know my life after college, I was working. Uh, a corporate job, you know, I had a great salary. I was traveling the world. And then I started to crash. I started to experience panic attacks and insane migraines. And I, I just was not happy with my life at all. And so it really was, you know, I have to answer this calling and see if it can lead me somewhere, or I don't think I'm going to survive, you know, another year. Like it was really, it was really bad. It took me hitting rock bottom to actually give what 
I wanted to really do a try. Yeah, it's so the signs are so often there and, and yeah. physically they can be there. Um, and people don't always pay attention, you know? Yes. Um, listen, we're going to go into our last break. When we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about the poem that you wrote to your dad. Mm. Stay with us for our watch team. And I will be back with Tanya Markle, the author of the She Book series. We'll be right back. Coming up next is our Coach's Corner podcast, which is a shorter version of our weekly show and can be heard wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm BJ Gray with this week's Coach's Corner. What is the best way to deal with stress? When chaos ensues, find things that can ground you. Don't feel guilty if you need to make space for some self-care, space for your body to process what's going on. When stress hits, we have a physiological response and pushing too hard can be dangerous. Recently, a friend of mine has been pushing through some high stress while dealing with relationship, child, and work issues all at once. Even as strong and smart as she is, her body eventually gave her a sudden warning sign by responding to the stress with loss of hearing in both ears. She says she now feels like she's underwater. There's a fine line between burnout and stress that affects the body. Burnout's mostly caused by stressful thinking, not overdoing it, but physiological stress is managed by raising your emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is recognizing your own emotions, not running from them or pushing through them, but by finding space so you can process them, own them, and understand them. That's the only way you'll stand a chance before your body breaks down. Thanks for listening to this edition of Coach's Corner. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn or at bjgray.com. Until next time, I'm BJ from Coach's Corner. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for being with me today. I'm with Tanya Marco, the author of the She Book series. And one of the poems, Tanya, that you wrote was To Your Dad. Tell our listeners about that. What prompted it and what were you most wanting to gain from writing that? Mm, I've, I've written a couple poems about him for him and I think this is the one uh, referring to planting flowers or um, number it was 17 number 17 so the decision of staying or going yes I mean that was a like a pivotal point in my life and also a point in my life where it, it really sent me into a downward spiral, but my father came back into my life for a very short time, um, early in my teenage years, and he had a new wife and a new child, and um, we, re- her and I didn't really get along, and my father was drinking a lot, and they, she kind of made the decision that, you know, I was acting up, I was a teenager, I was pissed off, my, you know, grandmother died, and I was still, you know, harboring the, the loss of my grandfather, and I wasn't a bad kid. I was just rebelling a lot. And, and then one day my father came to me and said, you know, my stepmother, if you call her that my father's wife, she said to him, you know, it's basically her or me. And he chose her and literally I, he gave me 24 hours notice to tell me he was leaving with her and my brothers and that I was going to go and live with my aunt. And so he took his family and left. 
And I went to live with an aunt who had, you know, all of her problems going on. So that was kind of like, you know, writing these poems to my father was kind of my way of getting closure, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't, I feel I'm more over um, the pain, you know, my, my daddy issues or whatever, but it's still there. You know, I, I still wonder like why, you know, why doesn't, didn't he want to have a connection with me? Why doesn't he want to have a connection with me now? I can't understand it, especially being a mother, you know, of two children. It, it's like having them, having children of my own made me realize like, wow, like I have no, I really have no idea how my parents made the decisions that they did, but it could not have been easy. And, and there probably is something prior to them having, right, clearly something from their upbringing and their background led to that. You know, you, you can always go back and, and learn more. I, I was thinking about, I think so much of our angst in life comes from people in our lives that are not be, behaving, being, you know, what we want them to be. And you really have to let that go. You cannot yeah. change people. You cannot change people whatsoever. No. No. Um, I wanted to, you have two sons. And when I think Mm -hmm. about what you're doing for women worldwide, what do you think your boys, I know they're young, but what are they learning from watching you as their mother who's touching so many people's lives with, with your writings? Yes, I mean... First of all, like my children get to grow up with their mother and father present who, you know, we're not addicted to anything aside from like, you know, the typical sugar situation, caffeine, whatever. Coffee, maybe. Coffee, chocolate. Yes. Occasional (laughs) Netflix marathon, you know. Um, But, you know, we we practice expressing ourselves we practice you know having emotional literacy you know at their level you know so they can say how they feel it's not just getting angry and you know walking up and slamming the door we actually have conversations we touch each other we cuddle we talk about you know family values and being there for each other we talk about you know the two of them as brothers being you know friends for life you know brothers for life and I mean we are also so creative you know we we practice rhyming (laughs) which is really fun and it's, it's wonderful. I feel like it's really healing to be able to bring my children up. And I feel just so lucky to have them and to actually confirm to myself that, yes, you were different. Yes, you were. And this proves it because I stay like I'm not going anywhere, yeah. you know, yeah. and I can love and I can receive their love, too. That's beautiful. I, I, I sometimes think that parents are getting better with every generation as they yes. learn, right? Yeah. Listen, I, I wish the show hadn't gone so fast, and I'd love to spend another hour with you. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing a bit of your story, Tanya. 
Thank you, Sue. I love being here and I loved your questions. And thank you so much for everything that you do for all the women out there. Thank you. Thank you. That is it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much for being with me. And tune in next week for my conversation with Athena Staten, the CEO of SheCar. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.